the Milwaukee Brewers roster, for the most part, it's a lot of the same mainstays that everyone has heard of. Now, in my opinion, and I, this is why I want to get your opinion, because you're you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan. You are you are an outsider to the Milwaukee Brewers. Like for me, I've rooted and, and watched and cheered on the Milwaukee Brewers my entire life. You came to the state. When did you officially get to the state? Six years ago. So six years ago. So 2017. And obviously are still a Phillies fan. Now, when I look at this Milwaukee Brewers roster, some of the changes that they've made over the offseason, you look at the catcher position. Last year, the catcher position was god awful offensively. It was one of the worst teams for offensive production from the catcher position. Now, you retain Victor Carantini as your backup catcher. They acquired William Contreras. William Contreras from the Atlanta Braves. Obviously, he was an all-star last year with the Braves. He's more of a hitting catcher. So that is an upgrade at catcher. But you look at the infield, you still have kind of the same old, same olds in Rowdy Telez at first base. Keston here, obviously, maybe to spell him from time to time. You have Willie Adamas at shortstop. You got Luis Arias, who probably will be bouncing around between second and third base. But then you got a lot of newcomers. They added a lot of depth. Obviously, they brought up Bryce Terang. He was one of their top five prospects, chomping at the bit in AAA, playing really well. But then they traded for Abraham Toro. They traded for Owen Miller. They signed Brian Anderson. Mike Brasso is still a piece and a utility guy. A a lot of signings, and they brought in a lot of depth. Now, my biggest question is, I think at the first base position, it should be close to about the same production as last year, maybe slightly better due to some of the rule changes with the shift and Rowdy Telez. Shortstop, you would imagine Willie Adamas can be about the same. Uh, third base, you're hoping for a higher ceiling of Luis Arias, but at the worst, it's probably a season like last year. But second base is the huge question mark. Like right now, is it going to be Terang? Is it going to be Brasso or another utility guy? Like who's playing second base? Because last year it, it was, uh, you know, you had Colton Wong. And Colton Wong, though he didn't have his best year, is still a solid major league second baseman. That's a big question mark for me. And then your outfield right now, it's currently Christian Yelish, Jesse Winker, who you traded for, Tyrone Taylor, Garrett Mitchell, the prospect that was up towards the end of the season, and then Blake Perkins, a guy that they went out and signed who has not played above AAA. Like that's that is your offense. Just Ben as a outsider, what are you kind of thinking as the Milwaukee Brewers and their offense going forward this year? I think there are a lot of unknowns. Uh there like there's potential there. And I'm not going to talk myself into Jesse Winker being a consistent a, a good player really until I see it because a couple years ago he was good, but I he strikes out more than anybody I've ever seen. And uh, so guys like that, uh, it's it's kind of a lottery ticket, and you see what you can get. I It really just all rests on Christian Yelich, and it sounds uh, like an oversimplification, but the offense will go as far as he can take them. I think it could be the same. It, like last year's offense was average. It wasn't horrible at the bottom of the league. It wasn't great. And no, it, it was pretty much dead nuts center of the league. Right. Right. So on average, which which is not not the best place to be. But it's not as if they were a, a team that could not score runs. It just situationally, there were some moments that didn't really work out. 
So it's really, it comes down to the guy you're paying more than anybody. Can he actually step up and carry the offense? Because if he can't, I think you're going to see the same as last year. You have some solid players, but how does it all come together? I I think it's an average group, uh, maybe a bit, uh, slightly above average, unless Christian Yelich comes back to good form. And if he does, then the offense can be pretty good. See, I think most most of the positions offensively for the Milwaukee Brewers, it's probably going to be close to the same as last year or have some upside, except for the, the two huge question marks for me. It's obviously second base because Colton Wong was traded, and now you're trying to patch second base with a prospect who could be great. I mean, he could be really, really good. He's played really well the last couple of years in AAA, but that's the other thing. He's never played big league baseball before. Like, he's a complete question mark. He could be great. He could be awful. And then outside of second base and and Bryce Terang, who I was referring to there, it's a lot of patchwork. It's a lot of depth utility type players like your Owen Millers, like your Mike Brasso's, uh, Brian Anderson. And those guys just kind of are what they are. You hope that they can play all right. But, yeah, it's it it's a big question mark at second base. And the other one for me is right field because Hunter Renfro, had he had stayed healthy all season, was was on pace to have a career year. And, he, I mean, he still played extremely well, was probably their best offensive player. He's now gone. And when you take him out of that outfield last year, it's, you know, the remnants of Christian Yelich. It was basically the the carcass of Lorenzo Cain until they finally came to an agreement that he should step away. And then they never really had a true center fielder after that. So I think Garrett Mitchell and, and some of the guys in center field, it's like a net even from how bad center field was productive-wise last year offensively. I don't think it can get much worse because, again, it was one of the worst positions in the league. But right field is a real question mark. You probably have Tyrone Taylor right now as your right fielder. And he's been so up and down in his career the last few years. But yeah, Christian Yelich kind of is what he is. And I feel like, Ben, do you think we can agree on this? This is the very last year that I am going to say, hmm, maybe Christian Yelich can get back to something, something similar to like a borderline all-star. And if he can't do it this year, it's never going to ever happen again. That's fair. Because I feel like you had the, it's like the three strikes and you're out in baseball, right? You have the 2020 season. Eh, it's weird. He was coming off of it. Some people still said he was having issues with his knee. Okay, throw it out. Well, 2021, he was god-awful. 2022, he started to kind of change who he was from a home run hitter to a leadoff hitter. You know, there was some successes there, but not really the guy that you're paying for. This is year three, you know, three strikes and you're out. If he can't come through and play really well and be at at least a borderline all-star this year, uh, this continues to look like an awful contract from Milwaukee Brewers. But again, the outfield, it looks kind of weak as of right now. If Christian Yelich is going to be what Christian Yelich is, again, an up-and-down Tyrone Taylor, you know know what Garrett Mitchell officially is. That's a big question mark. And kind of like you said, Jesse Winker these days played awful the last couple of years. If they can get him back to Red's version and playing in the NL Central in some of those ballparks, maybe he can start to explode or see some of those numbers in the past. But again, he's not a right fielder. He's, he's really just not a good outfielder in general. 
there's there's some definite question marks on this Milwaukee Brewer uh, lineup, but I feel like in a lot of the situations, Ben, they did all the trades they made were trades that made the team better, even if it was you know a small percentage point or a big big jump like at the catching position. All the trades they made, I think, were net even to making the team slightly better, but it really does have some question marks still, and, and we're going to see how this kind of shakes out in the next month. It looks like from afar it's going to be obviously a lot of the same guys, but they definitely upgraded the catcher position, but there's definitely huge question marks in right field and at second base compared to last year. So th- there's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what the Brewers come out and do in those first couple months, because I feel like you're going to know exactly where this team is by June and what this team is. Now, the one aspect of the team that we really haven't covered or talked about at all is the pitching staff. And the pitching staff last year, we thought it was going to be close to what it was in 2021 when they had arguably three of the top starters in the National League and three guys that were up for Cy Young. And obviously, Uh, Corbin Burns won the Cy Young in 2021. That not exactly what happened in 2022. I know there were some injuries. Brandon Woodruff had some some tingling and feeling issues in his hands. Uh, Freddie Peralta had a bad shoulder. I mean, Corbin Burns was Corbin Burns and finished in the top five of Cy Young voting. But there was a ton of injuries to that rotation, a ton of injuries in the bullpen. And obviously, the huge news last summer was the trade of Josh Hader. So uh, kind of digging into the Milwaukee Brewers and the the pitching staff, this rotation, it's the exact same as it was last year and the exact same that it was in 2021. When you talk about the top of the rotation, obviously it's Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. I think looking at the rotation coming into the season, it's just as good as it's been the last couple of years. And if anything, it's deeper. Because you talk about your big three, and then behind them, it's still Eric Lauer. You still have Adrian Hauser, who had a down year. But you added guys that also can come in and pitch. Like, Eric Lauer's still there. Jansen Junk was in the uh, Hunter Renfro trade. He's a guy that'll probably log some innings as a spot starter, has the ability to be a starter. You have a, you have another guy in which you traded for in Bryce Wilson, who's had some ability and and sometimes starting can also come out of the bullpen. They have a ton of depth. Let's like I'm already forgetting about some of the AAA guys that came up and made appearances last year. Ethan Small and don't forget your guy Jason Alexander. Ben, no, not my guy. I don't think he was either of our guys. I think if I'm being honest, I think he was Ebo's guy. Like I didn't even mention Aaron Ashby. They like they have a ton of depth when it comes to starting pitching. And I think it was, if you remember last year, they had about seven guys that that most analysts and experts believed could have been, you know, major league serviceable starters. And it turns out seven wasn't enough as they just had massive injuries. Well, they came back this offseason and definitely bolstered the starting pitching. I would argue that they have probably, when healthy, nine guys that are major league caliber serviceable starters. But the bullpen is where it gets significantly different. This is where there's a ton of changes. Obviously, Josh Hader was traded. You still have Devin Williams, but there's no more Brad Boxberger. And a lot of those lower leverage relievers are now gone. 
They got rid of Gustave. They they got rid of you know some of those guys. But guys that will be returning, you still have Matt Bush, who was very up and down after the Brewers traded for him. Jake Cousins, he's still there. Again, last year he missed most of the season where he had an arm injury. Hopefully he's back. They did acquire Javi Guerra. Who knows exactly what you'll get from him, but it's another MLB serviceable arm. They did trade for Tyson Miller. Again, it's another serviceable MLB arm. It's almost just like a change in scenery. They they changed out a lot, a lot of their lower leverage relievers. And then there's some guys that, that have some big-time upside. Now, Joel Piampus, this was a guy that was in one of the trades. He's a guy that has big-time velocity and a wipeout slider. The Elvis Peguero, that's another guy that has some, you know, high caliber stuff, but it's it's untested. He's never been in a high leverage type role, though they have the stuff. Don't forget, you have Hobie Milner. Uh, Peter Strezlecki pitched really well for him. You have a couple of these guys that have some really good arms, but they're very young, they're very inexperienced, and you don't exactly know. They're kind of question marks. I, I think overall, looking at it, if the bullpen can stay healthy, they're probably about a neutral to where they were last year. Because there's so many question marks with some of the guys that have so much talent, but you don't know if they're actually going to get it done in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, the problem with last year's team was the bullpen. And that's why it scares me a little bit. Yeah, I I think it is lining up to be, if the team has a problem, it's probably going to be the problem again. Where I, I feel fine about Devin Williams, but behind that, it's a ton of question marks. And that's where when you, you look at the season, I think the starters will be closer to 2021 version than they were last year's version, which is a huge thumbs up for the, the Milwaukee Brewers. Offensively, we talked about this earlier. They were middle of the road offensively. I think they're very easily middle of the road again this year with some upside, but some also real question marks. But I think middle of the road should be kind of where they're at. But the bullpen is the huge question mark because you're right. I mean, Devin Williams is great. He, he's been one of the better relievers in the game since 2020. But behind him, you lost Hader. You lost Boxberger. You lost some of these guys that have pitched quite well for you over the years. And you restocked it with some talent. It's not like any of these guys were, you know, triple-A bums or, or quadruple-A type players. They're all guys that have pitched in the major leagues or at least have been young and have had some time in the major leagues, but they have good stuff. It's just they haven't done it consistently. They have they haven't played in the in the big leagues for eight to ten years. They're young, they're new, and it's it's definitely a change up in the bullpen, for a lack of a better term there. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how this Brewers uh, season turns out because. I don't think I've seen any uh, win totals released yet. I know that I've seen some projections, people thinking that it's going to be around 86 and a half, 85 and a half, somewhere in there. But uh, we'll have to wait and see because I think overall the team this offseason, they didn't make any moves that made the team worse. Like I think every single move they made was. Well, they a, didn't re-sign Boxberger. Again, but we, we, we discussed that when it happened. Both you and I are. Uh, big thumbs down for not spending the $3 million on his option to bring him back. That just seems like a terrible decision. But over, I'm saying overall, I think this team, 
every single move they made outside of Boxberger, but every trade they made, every signing they made, it was either a net neutral or a thumbs up. Now, some of them are are better moves than others, like your William Contreras. That's a significant upgrade at the catcher position where, you know, maybe bringing in a Brian Anderson who's a depth piece or, you know, an Owen Miller who's who's a depth piece. It might not look like a big thing, but it does make your team deeper. It does make your team better. So, yes. But for the most part, I think this was a team that came in this year net neutral to slightly thumbs up on most of the the moves that they made. And if they can stay healthy, again, they should be a team that should be contending for the NL Central with the Cardinals and for a spot in the postseason. But now this is where I ask you this, Ben. With that being said, the Milwaukee Brewers are, uh, you know, if they stay healthy, either as good as they were last year or have the upside to be better, they have not added in the same way that your Phillies have added, that the Mets have added, that the Braves have added peace. You can go right down the line, and yeah, they've made moves to make the roster better, but in comparative to some of these other teams in the NL, I still don't know if I can put them ahead of any of the top six. I feel like I'm penciling them in as the seventh best team in the NL. Sure, and that I mean that's probably a good case scenario. I don't know. Pitching can always carry you a certain amount. Injuries happen. Uh, it's I, it's it's so hard to project. Uh, it, it so many things have to go right for them to to achieve whatever uh, postseason slot that and win the central. But I mean, we've we've seen not too long ago this team with average offense still be quite good. So. Well, and that's exactly what twenty twenty one was. They were pretty average offensively, but the starting pitching was so good, and the bullpen was was pretty darn good as well. It was made them one of the best teams in the NL. Now. They obviously couldn't hit, and they didn't pitch to that same level once they got to the postseason, lost to the Braves, who ended up winning it all. But that was a team that, what did they win, 95 games, I believe, in uh, 2021. It was one off of the franchise record, and they coasted the last three weeks. Like, that very well could have been, win-wise, the best team in franchise history if they didn't take their foot off the gas. This team if they play up to their level of ability, it's a lot of the same type players and a lot of the same type makeup. I just think this team has more question marks. Sure. You don't have the Renfros of the world. You're hoping Tyrone Taylor has a good up season, even though he's been very up and down. You don't have a Colton Wong, but you have a Bryce Terang that you're hoping can come in and play well because he's a a prized prospect and he's played really well in AAA the last year and a half. But really behind him, it's like, do you really think if he doesn't pan out that Brian Anderson can be a borderline all-star? No. That, that's where it gets tough. It's like some of these question marks can be, you know, end up being solid pieces for the Brewers, but if they do go south, they're big holes. But uh, we'll go to the phone, 608-321-1670, line one. Who do I got? Hey, it's Brett. Hey, Brett. What's up, Brett? What's going on? Um, so the one, didn't we just pick up Claudio again? Yes, they signed him to a minor league deal. So basically, he'll be invited to spring training, and he'll have to make the team out of spring training. Okay. I felt like he he did pretty well for us a couple of years ago, didn't he? See, the one the one knock against uh, Alex Claudio. Have we talked Claudio, about Wade Miley? Not a ton. Put, put Alex Claudio aside. They made the biggest free agent move in the country this year, in the entire league. <laughs> but they really, re-signed Wade Miley. 
But Brett, to your point on Alex Claudio, the reason why he wasn't as coveted in the past like he was is because of the rule changes. He is a lefty specialist that, you know, kind of a junk baller, doesn't throw very hard. Yeah. He, w- he was a specialist that came in and got lefties out with the new rule that they made a couple of years ago with the, you know, you got to pitch to three batters unless it ends an inning. Oh, yeah. It, it's really neutralized Alex Claudio's worth in the in the sport of baseball. That's true because we, we used to bring him in just for one or two lefties and get him out of there. So if there was anyone mad at those rule changes, it definitely was Alex Claudio. Yeah, yeah, because he was, you're right. I mean, he was a junk baller, but he was also one that, that ended up getting those outs and everything was a ground ball. So, um, yeah, good point, good point. I forgot about that. We're going to go to our guy from the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning, Grant. It's Grant Bills. Mr. Grant. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, it's a great day. We have the Brewers promotional schedule, and Rogers has a new retreat. And, oh, yesterday was the best. Both of those little uh, news nuggets that I got in the afternoon, I was so excited to talk about on my show. So what's up? When you you see Paige Sporanic bobblehead day drop 10 minutes before Aaron (laughs) Rodgers Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show, what's what's going through your mind? Take me into the brain of Grant Bills at 2 o'clock yesterday. Oh God! Well, what I said at four o'clock was it was it was an afternoon of everyone leaning into the bit, right? Like the Brewers <laughs> basically just leaning into the bit of caring more about X golf than the actual team on the field, and obviously that's not true, right? But is it like I, I kept saying? I, I don't know. I kept saying yesterday, like if I got together with my buddies and we were drinking beers and we were like coming up with a joke promotional schedule for the Brewers, just making jokes and be like, well, they'll have an X golf night. And why not have a bring Paige Sporadic back, have a bobblehead for her. Like, that's what we would joke about. And they actually did it. Like, they leaned into that bit. And then Rogers, of course, you know, not inventing a new retreat, but it's very like him to be like, after purging with ghee butter and, you know, he said expelling fluids from every part of his body last year, right, going into a darkness retreat. Like, it's just leaning into the bit, both the Brewers and Rogers. Well, at least I feel like Grant, he's trying something new this year. Like the, the complete darkness feels like it's a new experience for him because obviously the, what was it? The Punta Canta cleanse or whatever it was. Punta Karma cleanse. Pancha Karma. Yeah, whatever it Come was. On, you're the Rogers it, guy. It, it didn't work this year. It didn't work. I, uh, the, the psychedelics, the Panchakarma, whatever, it just didn't work. I think probably the, the Devonte Adams cleanse was the biggest part of that this year is losing Devonte Adams off the roster. I don't know. Is his retreat just going to get more ridiculous every year? Like he's going to eat ghee butter and then he's going to go into darkness. And I, I don't know, like whatever he wants to do, I'm not good for him. Like I'm thrilled for the guy. I'm sure he'll get something out of it and I'm, I'm sure it'll be good for him. It's just funny that we're talking about this. So, well, I mean, you know, he knows well and good once he says that on McAfee, how people will react. And, and again, oh, I don't, Lord. we don't mean this as a slight, but when it's discussed, it will naturally water, it'll trickle down. We'll discuss it here. Rogers mentioned yeah. that he has had friends that have done said darkness retreats. Who do you think those friends are? Uh, Randall Cobb, is it? You think Randall Cobb's done it? I would I would lean more towards Mercedes Lewis if we want to go guys on the team. Do you think do you think Nathaniel Hackett's done it? I feel like Nathaniel Hackett would do it just like for the vibes, just like oh I'll try that. That sounds kind of that sounds kind of cool. Like hell yeah, I, I don't know. Denver don't know. was a darkness retreat in in and of itself. 
Yeah, no kidding. If Aaron Rodgers just hangs out in Green Bay in February, it's dark most of the day. <laughs> we live this. It's really not that great. Like, it's pretty depressing, but I, I get that that's different. Of course, I don't know. What's what's Rodgers' friend circle outside of football? Like, he loves Bakhtiari and Cobb. Does he have, like, friends? So we started talking like, about this, Grant. With- and yeah. it, we were like, we mentioned Blue of Earth because that all of a sudden was a, a huge <laughs> topic running in, you know, to the the season last year. And then we kind of yeah. went down the rabbit hole and we're like, well, you know, Blue of Earth, yeah, she's kind of like this, supposedly like this witchcraft, but she claims to not be a witch, but holistic. Who knows what it actually is? But yeah. then she was connected and friends with Shailene Woodley, who was kind of like all into like the natural healing, whatever stuff. But then she was friends with Danica Patrick, who remembers she was into crystals. Me and RJ yeah. believe that this all actually starts with Danica Patrick. But that was down our I rabbit remember, hole. Yeah, I remember listening to a podcast a couple of years ago. It was Danica Patrick talking about crystals. I was like, oh, she's, she's got an interesting like mine, she had a lot of interesting things to say about this and that. She's really well spoken. I always really liked Danica Patrick. If we're stacking up Aaron Rodgers' girlfriends pound for pound, I always thought Danica Patrick was like the perfect amount of hippie, but also the perfect amount of like very accomplished and grounded. Like I thought Danica Patrick and Rodgers were good together, but I, I think it did kind of start there. He's been turning into more of a hippie ever since, but I, it seems to suit him well. Like he enjoys his retreats and he's got friends that do it. So I'm like, I, we're laughing and we're talking about these darkness retreats because it's fun to talk about on sports talk. Like I'm not dumping on Rogers for this. No, like I'm not criticizing him for this. It's just kind of, it's just kind of absurd. Yeah. It's funny to talk about, but whatever, like we just yeah. kind of mentioned this, it's funny to talk about because most people don't do this. Most people can't afford to do this. We were looking it up and it was like 1400 was the cheapest one that you could find. And we're talking for like a couple days of this, which it's like go into your basement. You know, and, and, and not Rogers, but l- let's say some out there want to do this and maybe don't have the funds. It's like, all right, go to your shed and just black out all the windows and have your wife bring you like a, a muffin. Well, now then we start to get into like, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. But anyways, Grant, <laughs> back, back to that. It's something that like not very few people have actually done. So they don't actually know what it is. But yes, it sounds absurd. But whatever it takes for Aaron Rodgers to get right and actually make the decision that is going to be best for him. At this point, yeah, we'll laugh and joke about it. But whatever he's got to do, as long as he's not breaking the law or anything too crazy, I'm all for it. Well, my my two favorite parts of this are Zach's updates. Because Zach has to read (laughs) this in an official voice. Well, and Aaron Rodgers is doing a four-day darkness retreat, and he has to like be a professional about it, and I, I love that. So that I'm really enjoying that. And I'm also looking forward to Cowherd's leading segment today. Oh, yes. I hope he talks about this. And he's going to say something like, this is what happens when you reach a certain age and you don't have a significant other in your life to ground you. I tell you what, if I told my wife that I was going on a four-day isolation retreat, she would tell me, the hell you are. Right. Like, I, I, I cannot wait for those segments today from Colin Coward. So I, I'd say those are the my two favorite parts, Zach and the upcoming rant from Coward. I, I think I'm really going to enjoy it. Today. I think in Roger's case, it's actually been less beneficial. The more that he's had these. I don't want to go down the, the girlfriend rabbit hole, but it seems like it's becoming more and more extreme with each and every girlfriend. Yeah, 
I guess. Once you get a little taste of crystals and you're into well, Olivia Munn was wasn't a hippie at all. Like she was they would go to basketball games and they were like just kind of your run of the mill celebrity couple. But that was I don't know. That was also when he wasn't doing any of this stuff. Or at least the public didn't know about it. Well, he, he wasn't, wasn't on McAfee every it. Tuesday, which is the yeah. the reason that all this is happening. Grant, the best tweet I saw yesterday was from uh friend of friend of shows Andy on Twitter. He said Rogers is showing the danger of going through a midlife crisis, but you're already super into golf because that's <laughs> yeah, normally what that's people a, do. Um, I that's problem. I, I want to go back to the Brewers for a second though, and I I, I don't know how serious I'm going to take all this with the the cookie monster bobblehead stuff and, and the page branding stuff. But Grant, I was texting with you last night and I explained this on the show this morning. It's like some, and I understand there's still other giveaways and promotions that'll happen, but it's like one of the most, I, I would say prized possessions from childhood are bobbleheads that I would get from games. And I just, I, I just despise the messaging. And, and as you said, the leaning into the bit of not only having X golf in your stadium, to openly ask fans not to watch the games, but B, to lean into it enough where you're giving away a bobblehead of a golf influencer who is famous for very obvious reasons. She does good work. I was doing a little research last night um, and and looking at some Instagram posts. She has great instructional videos, uh, and I, I'm not one into golf, so I actually learned a lot in my brief moment of, of research when I was, uh, it was commercial breaks during the Lakers game last night. I was looking at some of her content. She does good work. Um, I, I want to know how it first came to be that she was at the ballpark last summer. Like they had this X golf promotional schedule and all of a sudden Paige Sporonic was at the ballpark. And then they're like, Oh, that was great. Let's do that again and give away a bobblehead. I, I don't know. But Ben, I love this baseball purist take from you about how like bobbleheads are supposed to be sacred to a degree and they're supposed to be respected and making a cookie monster bobblehead or a page sporadic bobblehead is, is just ridiculous. The, the Craig council, Indiana Jones bobblehead is the one that I'm looking for. Sure. Like, sure. But that's the coach. That's the coach. And you have a Hawaiian shirt and you have, you have a Euchre Skywalker thing. That's fine. Make it about the damn team. You know who in the world people want to grant. If you had a 10 year old kid, would you take that kid to get them a page sporadic bobblehead? No, because then exactly I, that's probably going to lead to a lot of other parenting issues that I'm going to have and have to deal with. My point. Um, you did yeah. though mention the Lakers game. Oh, uh, you real were, quick, Grant. I do have a question for you, and it does retain to golf. I know you're not one to oh, golf, but oh. you did you did come to our uh, golf outing last summer, and yeah. now my question is: Did you learn more on Paige Sporanic's golf videos or carting around Dave from Monona for 18 holes? Well, I learned more about life from Dave. Dave Dave's uh, wealth of knowledge is, is so wide. He can speak to such a variety of topics. I probably learned more about golf from Paige Sporadic, but the meaning of life and economics and, and the culture wars, and I, I probably learned more about all of those things from David Monona, who, by the way, let's not forget if we're talking about darkness retreats, is living in a darkness retreat all of the time, and we discussed that with Dave Good on point. my show last night. Yeah. Oh, Oh, what did he have to say? I was hoping he'd call today. Yeah, he didn't call us. That he sent a bunch of texts. He said that if you want a darkness retreat, you can always just come and hang out with Dave from Monona. And <laughs> that he called and and wished Dave from Monona happy Black History Month the other day. By the way, that was that was yep. quite good. And we were blessed with a Pete from Monona song last night. I don't think the four to six listeners were quite prepared. Uh, some of the morning show listeners knew it was coming, but I I think some of the other listeners are very confused, and I had to explain 
uh, that Pete is is a singer and often sings, and I enjoyed that as well. Gotcha. Uh, two things before we let you go, but number one, your yeah. thoughts on uh, the titan of our generation, LeBron James, setting the record last night. You know what? I don't even like LeBron that much, and it was pretty cool. And for everyone, I, I was in a couple group chats last night, and I was looking at Twitter, and everyone's like, oh, they stopped the game? Like, this seems like a little much. No, it's not a little much. He's the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Like, they stopped the game for Steph Curry passing Ray Allen, which is a record that always was going to get packed. Like, there's more three-point shots every year. That, that, that record being broken is a foregone conclusion. This is not. This is thought to be an unbreakable record. So, of course, they're going to stop the game. Grant, they're going to stop the game for Paige Sporanek. Oh, God. Stop traffic out in the, the Robin. She's going to throw out the first pitch. I just, I, I know that LeBron did the thing, and we're going to talk about that. The back of my mind all day today is Paige Sporanek bobblehead day and how that's a thing. I, I just woke <laughs> up this morning. I was like, did I dream that? There's no way that's real. There's no way that gets to be real. And it is real. So, yes, uh, Paige Sporanek, they will stop the game for her multiple times. They stopped the game for Stephen Colbert a couple summers ago. So they'll stop it for Paige Sporanek. But anyone who's being jaded about LeBron last night, like, sorry. Like, sorry he broke an unbreakable record. And if you don't like LeBron, like, that's a, that's a you problem. I don't even love LeBron, but I can respect and appreciate. I was told my whole life, oh, Brady, you got to appreciate. And, I'm, and I was begrudging my whole life. And I'm still begrudging. He's posting pictures in his underwear. But LeBron, I... I'll appreciate it. You're the basketball, Greg Grant, but I do have one question because I know there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of like the Tom Brady Hall of Fame, you know, three different careers laid out, you know, those tweets that you see. I think you could argue that there's like almost three or four different LeBrons. You have, well, everybody makes the the basketball Hall of Fame. The early Cleveland, you have Miami, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. the short little stint in Cleveland again, and now L.A., what is your favorite LeBron? Ooh, well, Miami. Yes, Miami Grant, LeBron. that's your best NBA take I've ever heard. Miami was, well, that, that was the Villain LeBron really was the best. A lot of people into the NBA. And it wasn't just LeBron and Miami. I loved that team, right? And, like, some of the Eastern Conference competitors, like the Paul George Pacers, the Derrick Rose Bulls, like, that was just an awesome time in the NBA. The process Sixers, things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. the best LeBron was easily Miami because he he finally took on the villain role. And he's like, "Yep, you know what? I created this super team in South Beach. I took my talents to South Beach, and I'm going to be the villain." And they went to the NBA championship 4 years in a row, and it was awesome because you had so many people cheering against them and then they went 2 and 2 in the NBA finals. Which by the way, like let's put a little respect on the Heat going 2 and 2 cuz Brooklyn Nets like they didn't even make the conference finals. That that super team was arguably just as good as the one in Miami. Like pound for pound, I know LeBron's better than KD, but KD, Kyrie, and and um, James Harden. That team was pound for pound probably just as good as the Miami Heat at their peak. They didn't even make the conference finals. So for all the people that like want to treat those Miami rings as as you know somehow less because it was a super team, we get plenty of super teams that don't make the finals. So as, as much fun as it was to root for against that Heat team, they did win two rings, and that's more than you can say for a lot of super teams, modern-day super teams. Grant, last one. The Super yeah. Bowl is on Sunday, believe it or not. Who are you rooting for, most importantly, and at who do you think is going to win? How do you see the game playing out? Um, And what's your favorite storyline? My favorite storyline? Um, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, maybe Jalen Hurts. 
because Jalen Hurts, if he actually plays really well and looks like like a top-tier passing quarterback, because he really hasn't had to do that up until this point in the postseason, if he lights it up and plays a great Super Bowl and kind of establishes himself on that level, I'm not saying he's the guy in the NFC, but it's not like there's many other guys in the NFC. It's him and Dak and Ugh. Kirk Cousins. And, like, but the Eagles Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, and old Aaron Rodgers if he's in Green Bay. So if Jalen Hurts balls out and actually is the reason why his team wins, that could lead to some really interesting places. If Patrick Mahomes wins, that, that's the best start to a career ever, right? You make three Super Bowls, win two, win two MVPs in his first five seasons, hosts every AFC title game. I don't know. My favorite storyline is probably Jalen Hurts. I don't know if I'm cheering for either team. I want to see the Eagles in a real fight against a real team. I guess that's my hope because that team is so good and they really didn't have to. How do I put this? Like they, they weren't tested. Like they, they didn't go up against a team that could give them a challenge in the NFC playoffs. And I'm hoping the chiefs can, because I want to see this Eagles team like actually challenged. And I want to see what they're made of and, and same with the chiefs. So we kind of know Mahomes and the chiefs. So that's what I'm looking for is a team that actually makes the Eagles work. And I want to see what Jalen Hurts has. Well, thanks for the time, Grant. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday at eight. Well, uh, come on. Anytime there's a page sporadic bobblehead day that's announced. This was this was like an impromptu. We need to have a, a Grant Bills little segment. <laughs> Grant, I know. I will be going bobblehead day. I, I know you'll be on from four to six again today. Is the page sporadic topic leading the show? What is the best tease you can give to the Wisco Sports Show today? Maybe page sporadic will join us. Question mark. Oh, no. sources. Sources tell me that uh, there may. You, you remember the dude from Nashville where Aaron Rodgers uh, maybe yeah. has bought a house? That's what I'll do. Uh, one source has told me that he is, she is considering joining the Wisco Sports Show today. According to sources close to me, Grant has sent many DMs in the last eight hours. She is open. Open. Maybe responding to them. Probably not. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, have a good day, guys. Thanks for the time. There he is. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. You can catch him tonight on these same airwaves. Four to six. Aaron Rodgers and the four days of darkness. Obviously, this stems from Aaron Rodgers talking on the Pat McAfee show, which he does pretty regularly on Tuesdays. And of course, every Tuesday, I think my Twitter timeline goes a buzz with at least one video of people taking away what Aaron Rodgers said. And now, Ben, this one, you were all over it. It was the four days of darkness. You're like, we got to talk about this. I, well, yeah, because it's I mean, it's become the biggest headline. It's what everybody is talking about. And everybody had their reaction. My only reaction was a, a swift Whatever, as as long as that that uh, you know that timeline that decision to go into the darkness happened soon, so we could resolve all this. Well, he even said like the happier I'll be. Yeah. He said he'll do it in a couple of weeks though. So if he does it in a couple of weeks and you add four days to that, then we're in like early March. Oh, I thought he was made. I th- after listening, I thought it sounded like he was going in like after the interview. He'll be out by the time the Super Bowl happens. No. Watch the Super Bowl. Okay. No, no, so no. So my timeline was a little off. Well, he said, he, on what he said he quote, saying. it's been on the schedule for a while. Okay. He's been looking forward to this. Uh, you have the clip, right, Nelson? 
Yes, I just have to go to Twitter. I can pull it up. I do not. Did you send it to me? Yeah, yeah. I I DM'd it to you. I did not get it. Um. All right. I will make you DM'd sure. it to me. Oh, that's that's what it was. Whoops. <laughs> um, wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> Same room. Wrong person. But yeah, yeah I like. I don't know. Everybody had their reaction. There were some some jokes made. Some of them were funny. It's just like, I mean, let's take a step back and, and this is not a criticism at all, but the fact that we're talking about the, uh, the face of a franchise and, you know, one of the most important sports figures in the state needing or saying, you know, oh yeah, I'm just going to go sit in the darkness for four days to see if I want to play again. Now, before we play this clip, Ben, I want to go to the phones and take this call. So 608-321-1670, line one, who do I got? I got the radio off. That's yeah. not the call I'm looking for. All right, Charlie. Here is line four. Who do I got? Hello. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Yeah. Good morning, Chad. What's up, Chad? Hey. You know, I, I actually have the official press release right here um, talking about. Uh, so every summer picnic, um, Aaron is given the magic elixir. And around, you know, the fall, he is put into his stump for four days. <laughs> if he comes out and sees his shadow, oh. he for six more years. I like that, honestly. Did you say years? Six more yeah. years. <laughs> six more months. How about that? Six more months until he has to report to training camp. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, his uh, life partner, Phyllis, <laughs> is not given the magic elixir and only lives for 10 to 14 years in captivity. <laughs> is this, oh, oh, this is a, it's a, the, uh, uh, Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah. yeah Phil I mean, and I Phyllis. Mean, I messed that one up a little bit. No, I got you. Know. I got the reference. And frankly, I wonder, I, I wonder what the first reaction when he comes out of the room is going to be. Uh, do, do you think he'll look back to see if he sees his shadow? Like Saddam coming out of that <laughs> <laughs> or or if he doesn't get his food, if he can't find his food, maybe he starts to bite the first person he sees. <laughs> I mean, the, the clips, or, or you know, like that helmet laying on the ground, like with his dorky haircut. Like this feels like a scene like from Game of Thrones. Honestly, he's talking about the little slits that they put food in. I was watching Game of Thrones last night. It feels like something from that show. You know what I think would just be the best is if, you know, maybe it's 10 years from now, it's whatever, and it just comes out that Aaron Rodgers actually never did any of this and just said it, and a lot of people ran with it and freaked out about it. He just sits there and laughs while he's in, like, his Malibu home on his couch. He's like, I'm not in the darkness. I'm in the nicest home that these people have ever seen. Didn't he sell that? No, he, he was serious about this. And then also, um, you had Mitchell Schwartz, a, uh, either current or former lineman in the NFL on the Chiefs, I believe, tweet uh, said, weird the Packers aren't consulting more with the guy who needs to go on a four-day darkness retreat to figure out whether he wants to play football. To which Aaron Rodgers responded, be curious, not judgmental. We all are on our own path, and doing things like this like this helps me find a greater <laughs> sense of peace and love for life. What do love you Love and know? respect to you. What do you know? No, no. <laughs> I, doing things like this I know. <laughs> helps me find a greater sense of peace and love uh, for life. So I, you know, he's serious about this. But when it comes down to it, like I think 
this is better than the Brady. Like, oh, I retired. Oh, crap. I want to blow up my marriage and play one more year. I hate my family. And in mediocrity. Aaron Rodgers already so, hates his family. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> Nelson, you probably need to get this on, you know, be my bookie on this one. Like, uh, what's the odds of Brady getting back to his together with his wife or Aaron Rodgers playing two more years? Which one's higher? Oh, I think I would go with Brady. Oh, Ro- <laughs> Rogers, Rogers. I think Brady's- I would go with Bra- if football really did break them. A- break Brady's them apart, wife is gone. I mean, yeah. it's celebrities do weird stuff all the time. Tom is Tom's the ultimate family man. My Belichick ran the study on him. Like he draws his energy from the people close to him. So, yeah, I I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh- I did see a great tweet yesterday from from Andy said Rogers is showing the danger of going through a midlife crisis, but you're already super into golf. (laughs) 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 Well, I I think that your cut was like peak, peak midlife crisis because, you know, at least his other hair like had a reason because he was going to be John Wick. Like this year, he just wanted to be a penguin and look like Little Nicky for no reason. <laughs> little Nicky, I haven't heard. Hey, I haven't, how are you? I thought about that movie in probably fifteen years. <laughs> and now he's gonna go into a hole for 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 ninety six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, That's a... you know, I've heard great things about the sensory deprivation, but like Rogan said, it took like thirty minutes. Well, four days yeah. is a long time. It does, yeah, it does also, seem like that. when do you know when the four days is up, right? Like, you definitely at some point are just wondering where you are in the time. Like, yeah, you're going to eat. First of all, when they put the food through the slit, how do you see the food? Your eyes adjust by that point. You're they, like a cat. Do, do they? I don't know. It's total darkness. Never done it before. How do you see what you're eating? <laughs> what if they're feeding him something that doesn't go with his diet? Hey, well... I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and think you don't eat a whole lot during the 90s. Well, yeah. Sort of hallucination. Where do you, you go to the bathroom? Uh, is there booze? Where do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> There's a corner. What well, did you hear AJ Hawk? He's like, so you're going to be wearing a diaper? <laughs> <laughs> and didn't you already do that with his therapeutic vomiting and uh, crapping? So I, I just have visions of a prison cell and like Adu Grab. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, like, like we're joking. I, I, I get the concept of what he's doing. It's just like the, uh, the delivery is one that leaves so much up to interpretation, which is the problem we're at right now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, well, he's doing this on purpose. Like, it's fun to him. It's, it's, it is just, you know, like it's top headline, and like if you go to ESPN or some of the, what's it's one of their top headlines. Yeah, he knows how everybody will react, no matter what. It, it's literally Super Bowl week, and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's been out of the playoffs for, what, four weeks? Uh, like, uh, two years, or a year plus. Two years? He's been out of the playoffs for two years. <laughs> but it, I, I mean, seriously, like it, it's, it's a great way to stay relevant. Like It's a great, great way to promote himself if he really does want to have a career after the NFL. Maybe... I don't know. I think he would be a better, probably a better TV personality than Brady, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's not, I mean, any, there are a lot of people that could be a better TV personality than Brady. You know, I, 
I've listened to Tom and um, uh, Fitz on their radio station kind of weekly on XM, and it's not a bad, not a bad bit. Tom's a good guy. Like Tom is a well-liked guy because he's kind of for somebody that's literally the goat, and I will not argue that with anybody. It's just fact. He is quite humble. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he Jordan was Jordan was the goat. Was definitely not Jordan humble. was the goat until last night, right? When LeBron became the all-time leading scorer. Okay, now you, now you've gone child. too far. Sit <laughs> down, child. You, I realize you were still uh, eating multo meal and in diapers when uh, I was doing you know, darkness retreats long before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's called being birthed. Wow. Hmm. Wow. No, you were still uh, floating around in your... <laughs> well, we'll just leave it at that. But, <laughs> you know, they, they actually used to play defense. Uh, if LeBron actually had to play against the Shaq, you know, and, you know, a worm, there might be a little bit of difference. Uh, instead, now he just kind of goes up, makes he, a layup. He'd be crying a lot play. more. Can you imagine LeBron in a darkness retreat? And how many Instagram stories he'd post? He couldn't make it in the bubble. <laughs> That's had, true. He couldn't make it in the bubble. And they had a luxury bubble. They had golf. A luxury bubble. They had fishing. Yeah, he couldn't make it. He, he, wouldn't he make it less than a week? <laughs> That's Pretty good. Bad. Well, thanks for the call, Chad. I've known people who've like done the floats, you know? The the Ebo's the done pod. the floats. Yeah. I but think that's Tom like, Brady's that, done the that's floats. That's very that seems very normal. It's mainstream. mainstream. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And they have it's, businesses. Right. And it's one floats. of those it's a pod. You're only in there for what? Like a max like hour? Hour? Yeah. This feels like something you have to fly across the country to do. Yeah. They don't have these you can't go to downtown Madison and be like, Hey, I want to sit in a dark room for four days and then they're like, Yeah, well, how yeah, many yeah, got sure. Hey, come on in. How many got businesses in <laughs> How many businesses offer this? That's what I'm saying. Not I would assume not many. I'm gonna go ahead and say this is a specialized one where it probably is somebody's basement converted into a no windows dark room. I just, I mean, that just kind of seems like the people Rogers is dealing with now in the off season. Like yeah. just those people who are like, um, I am a healer and come into my office. Why is your office in your basement? Cause it doesn't pay the rent in a building. <laughs> I just like, I puts I, the lotion on the skin. And, and, <laughs> I don't mean this to be a slight, like, like the, you know, we're making jokes cause it's, it's an interesting headline to see during Super Bowl week, we'll say. But if if you had taken everything out, the context of it and the explanation, which, again, makes sense. I get it. Yeah. This is, if, if you were to watch a, a show or a movie about medieval times, like like this, this sounds like, like oh a, a you prisoner. You don't even have to do that. Go watch Stranger Things. I haven't, but oh, wow, okay, dude, I, I might get the reference. This is totally lost on you. Yeah. I just went to Google and I typed in "darkness retreats." Ooh, yeah. Obviously, the first headline that comes up is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, ah, the Surprise. second headline that comes up <laughs> is, is there an Airbnb? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, but the <laughs> third headline that comes up is the ten best dark retreats oh. in 2023. 
at bookretreats.com. And the first <laughs> oh, one. Is it not in Madison, Wisconsin? It's not. The first one that comes in up. Green Bay. <laughs> seven day edge of wilderness dark retreat in Oregon. Not Oregon, oh. Wisconsin. Oh, Oregon, Oregon the state. Oregon. No, wait, 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 wait. Oregon. Wait, wait, wait. Oregon. Dude, this looks. That's state. Oregon. Stop. That is Oregon, right? That's Oregon. Sure. Yes. And the then the city. one here is Oregon. I'm Oregon. looking. Yeah. I'm okay. looking yeah. at Just this. Wanna, the, the state, Oregon. They're giving Correct. this features, okay. skill level, sure. intermediate, and advanced. The food that you would be giving is vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, oh, raw, sounds... organic, dairy-free, nut allergy-friendly, oh. keto-friendly, so sugar-conscious. So it's a piece of lettuce. This this. That sounds very stereotypical for who I would think would go to a darkroom <laughs> retreat. Like, if I go there, could I be like, I need some steak? It honestly <laughs> to really looks, get my hey, mind right. I need three McGriddles <laughs> and a basket of fries. <laughs> if I'm going to do it, and about twenty hash browns, I, I might as well feel like crap. <laughs> it looks like this little tiny building in the woods, like right in like a rock side it looks dark there's like a little cot in here did the doors lock from the outside <laughs> this is like a cabin in the woods type situation oh man like i, I shouldn't be like diving into Ooh, like there's another how a here. guy copes in the off season no but like we are you have to he, he's, <laughs> he made it public um and it's part of our jobs. Otherwise, we'll sit here and just probably have our own dark room and have a four-hour radio show of silence. But like, I'd, it shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is because there are people who go out there and do this, and they don't make it public. They're not public figures. And yeah, if going and clearing your mind for seven days, uh, I'd, I mean, I don't know how long this. You actually spend in the dark room at this retreat. Oh, this one but looks like, expensive. It's in Guatemala. Oh, oh! It look this one looks like high class. But like, is is Aaron Rodgers four days straight, or is it like it's four days? Four days of, straight. Okay, so it's not like, hey, this is your session times in the dark room. It's you are in the dark room. Yep, four days. Okay. Seven days seems like it'd be more or less. I wonder sessions. I wonder what it's going to do to his golf handicap. Well, it doesn't matter right now because he just won a tournament. Yes, but he I, made it sound like he's not going to Tahoe this year. Well, uh, maybe he'll be at training camp because he was like in his comments. He was like, "Yeah, it finished no higher than eighth at Tahoe, uh, and now I'm doing this one." So has he switched his his uh, celebrity golf allegiances to? The pro, that the pro that pro am now. Well, he's done both. Oh, has he? He's well, done. Well, well, there have been times where he's either been in the playoffs or directly after where he has not played Pebble. Oh, but no, he's played okay. Pebble a bunch of times. He's okay. played it, I think, eight times. Uh, he used Ooh. to play with Max Homa a lot before Homa got really good. The closest I'm finding <laughs> decided not to play in that any retreat to us is Kansas City. But these these things are not cheap. We're going to Kansas City. These, th- these things are not cheap. The cheapest one I'm finding is like 1400 and the nearest one is Kansas City. Oh, yeah. I feel like these are hard to find. You, uh, yeah. So I can see you drive there, but then that's, that's a lot of gas. I get the whole sensory deprivation <laughs> part of all of it. Like I've gone on, I've, I've lived in the woods for extended periods of time 
And there is a, a sense of when you're disconnected from everything. I understand that part of it. But when you're in the woods and you're in very remote areas where there are no other, there's no other human life. You it, write a manifesto and well, send bombs to people. That is not what I did, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but no, it's like p- part of the part of the the nature of it. Part of what it does is is the the scenery is quite beautiful. Yeah, right. And you I feel it was dark. Well, well I, no, he's I, just talking about, about my experiences in the woods. <laughs> he's not a dark room kind of guy. Like I live for a month up in up in northern Canada. Right? Yet, yet, like you, you understand what the experience is and what it does. I just, I don't understand why depriving yourself of senses would help that. I like to look at cool trees. And like Some people get clarity from nothing. Before we play the clip, let's go back to the phone. 608-321-1670. Line one. Who do I got? Hey, it's Corey. Hey, Corey. Corey. What's up, Corey? Not too much. I want to talk about a different kind of darkness. Oh. RJ will know what I'm talking about. UW men's hockey team. Oh. darkness I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They are They are in the middle of the dark retreat. The The Gophers are coming to town this weekend. That should be fun. That's why I was going to ask you, RJ. I know you've been doing humans' work and actually still going to the game. <laughs> that, that's a You're still going to the game? Yeah, right season there. ticket holder. Wow. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... And I'm, I'm wondering if you think the... Uh, the red and white stripe on will have enough people in the stands to actually have a full <laughs> yeah. uh, concept, or is it going to be like polka dots across America deal where like there's <laughs> we almost made nothing. it. <laughs> we almost beat it. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say there's going to be a lot of red. Um, yeah, but actually, yeah. With that case, it's it's that bull that the Cole Center is going to be a lot of maroon and gold this weekend because. Quite frankly, there's a lot of tickets to be swept up, and there are enough people who I think still get the tickets for sentimental reasons and then put them up for sale. So um, I didn't know Minnesota was the number one team in the country until I randomly was looking at the schedule because I still like checking in on what's going on because I can't watch the games anywhere. It's like the same thing with the Bucks. Yeah. And also I see it's a number one Minnesota. I'm like, when did that happen? I guess they must have gotten good in the past. Yeah, they went they went on a little bit of a, a run um, after a little bit of a shaky start, but I think they're like they got twenty wins this year now. Uh, so yeah, they they went on a run after you know a couple of splits and and losses to start the season. But yeah, um, after last weekend of just getting shellacked by Michigan at Michigan, um, I mean, heck, it was five or. Six yeah, five nothing, five to one after the first the period, period on Saturday, um, ended up being seven to two. So hey, second and third periods, vast improvement, but still, um, the the and the bad thing about the home games this year, RJ, you're is, just you're reaching for straws when you're saying vast improvement. It's seven to two. Oh uh, yeah, but second and third it's period, hockey. it was only two to one. Um, <laughs> all the wins come on Friday Friday nights. I have Saturday yeah. night tickets. It Saturday it's not helping me. Stink. It's a, I know, that's a bummer. <laughs> I used to love to go to those games, man, the full series, Friday and Saturdays, and oof, I haven't been to a hockey game now in a few years because it's just sad to watch. I can't believe that they've gone down this far just on a, yeah. a level of, like, being they have six national championships. That's, like, in the top five of all time of all programs. Yep. And to let them go down this far, 
I hope McIntosh is actually watching this because it's the same deal as like the football, and I'm not going to get into that, but like it's almost the same thing. Where, like you're going to start losing <laughs> money, and that program kept the whole athletic department afloat yep. through all the 1980s when everything else was falling apart. So, yep. well, yeah. let's hope they turn around. Next question I got is, what do you guys foresee then the record having to be for the Badger basketball team to be to get off the bubble and to get into the tournament? Do they got to win like? 500 of the next eight games, or you think it's got to be five of eight? No, I think they need five of eight. Yeah, they need five of, five eight. of eight. And then probably even a little help in winning a game or two in the end, uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Okay. Because, I mean, at this point, you are not going to even get to 19 wins before you get to the Big Ten tournament. Right. And, and that's that, what I kind of figure is like the, the load star. Yeah. The, so I think... Yeah, you need to go above 500 the rest of the way here and then probably win a first-round matchup. I'm with RJ. I think you need to go 5-3 and three the last eight and probably win a game in the Big Ten tournament okay. to really secure your spot in the NCAA tourney. All right. Ben, you still excited for the Super Bowl this weekend? You getting pumped up or what here? It's hard to get pumped up when I, it's not even the biggest story of the week, <laughs> you know? Like all this Roger stuff that. is happening and Paige Brannick bobblehead night. It's it, it's <laughs> hey, there. Hey, it's starting to night. bubble. You never know. What's that? I, the the excitement's starting to bubble. I'm not there yet. I, Super Bowl opening night was annoying. Like all the questions yeah. that, that are asked and how much is made of it. And I feel bad for Travis and Jason Kelsey's mom. She's like there. She's everywhere. Everyone wants an interview. They want her on TV everywhere. It's like, give her a rest. I want you guys to think about this. For that Paige Spranick bobblehead, what will be the biggest part on the bobblehead? Will it be the head? Ayo. Again. Depends on... Depends on what she agreed to, I think. Again, are you taking your 10-year-old... Corey, do you have young children? We do not. Okay. We are solo. We got... Animals, but that's about it. Gotcha. But but in theory, out there, it's like, would you take your 10-year-old child to Paige Brannick bobblehead night? Well, you got to teach them sometime. So is Paige going to be there? Any. Right, probably not. I said, is Paige going to be there? <laughs> Again, it's like earlier, earlier in the show, <sighs> Corey, I said it's cheaper just to take them to Hooters. <laughs> they're advertising. Really they're they're promoting something in the own ballpark, which is telling people come to games but don't watch the team play. That's what it's yeah, about. I nowadays, agree with that. Go is, play golf simulators. It, it's it, like come it, on. It smacks of this is probably you're very young and you weren't in the area at this time, Ben. But when the Brewers used to say the Buckethead Brigade out in the left field, like it was all these wacky oh. things that you had to get, do to bring people. Darren and Bill's like, Buckethead Brigade. So, yep, exactly. Yep. You know what I'm talking about, RJ? Yep. Because they were so terrible. It, it, it smacks of, and I I heard you talking about it before. Um, Rowdy, the team. I'm getting somewhat, you know, not optimistic, but I hopefully they won't be completely terrible. But doing kind of these ham-handed things, it's not really a serious like situation. It feels like you're. You're kind of running a Bush League AAA team to some of it, some extent, and that kind of gives that, you know, back in the 50s, the Yankees called this cow country because when they were coming out here to play the Brewers, they said it was cow country. It feels a bit like you're almost kind of like buying into that narrative as a team by doing these types of things, or it's like, hey, look at all this wacky stuff we'll, you know, put out there to get you in. Yep. But, I mean, it's neither here nor there, I guess. It's... uh just by annoyance and 
Roger's going to save a lot of money on a dark district sheet. All you got to do is ask a guy to go ice fishing with him, go out in the shanty, you know, <laughs> take a couple of bottles of Kessler, some cheese and sausage trays. There you go. And it's, it's not going to be vegan friendly, I can tell you that much. That's and a good point. It might be, yeah. Well, he can bring his own friendly. food. Bring your own food or go up to the Lake of the Woods. They'll put you in a cab on the ice for four days. <laughs> oh, that'll get him set for playing in Lambeau in January, too. There you go. Exactly. That's a good point. There you go. Maybe this will help his eyesight. He can see his receivers better. Than- <laughs> <laughs> well, Love it. Thanks oh, for the call, thanks, Corey. Corey. Yeah, yeah, take it easy, guys. Bye. Yeah. We, like, if you can learn to see in the dark, then it, it would probably, like, it would likely be easier to see if someone's open. One last call before we, pl- <laughs> I promise we play this Aaron Rodgers video. Three, two, one, sixteen, seventy. line two. Who do I got? Hey, Mark from Madison real quick. Hey, what's, Mark. Hey, Mark. What's up, Mark? Hey. Hey, you guys are doing great. So here's the scene. It's Shawshank Redemption, right? Gudikin slides a little door and says, hey, Rogers, hey, Rogers, the love kid passed. He plus average. <laughs> and puts the piece of bread and water and then flies back to Green Bay. How's that sound? Is, uh, is, wait, which, is Rogers the, the prisoner in this situation? And whose poster does he have on his wall well, he, that he, he chisels he, behind? He, 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 He's in the little yeah. box, and then Gooden he's in solitary. Oh, he's in, in solitary. And says, "Hey, love pass, C plus average, you're out." <laughs> <laughs> there could be comparisons there. Rod- Rogers would know a thing or two about building, uh, uh, you know, figures, uh, putting puzzles together, building a Taj Mahal replica. Yeah, he seems absolutely. like a Taj Mahal guy. And judging by his ayahuasca and therapeutic vomiting and. Uh, diarrhea. He's been through 500 yards of human excrement. <laughs> exactly. The, right. It's the most vile thing I could I, ever imagine. I, I wonder whose posters on the wall that he chisels behind yeah, those. Is it is it Mallory yeah, Edens? What was, what was her name? Blue. What was her name? Oh, blue? B- yeah, Blue of Earth. No, I think Blue's gone. Yeah, Blue I know, is. But I mean, that's that's who he's thinking about. Oh shoot, I should have stayed with her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, Appreciate it, man. Uh, Corey talked long. Good job, though. Hey, you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Go I ahead. appreciate it, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> There's some, like, that's what that's what it makes people think of, regardless of how productive it will be, and objectively, again, not a slight, it is making people think of solitary confinement. Here is the official clip from Pat McAfee. You normally don't really throw in this time of year. Have you thought about throwing this year? Well, I'm still uh, in the art of contemplation well. about my future, so I'm... I'm uh, is that real? Are we really contemplating <laughs> playing football again still? Is that like a heavy heavy thought, yeah? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Wow, okay. I didn't know that. I just assumed because the way you've given answers, it's like foregone conclusion, but you have told us numerous times you haven't got through that portion of your decision-making yet, so I that's just... That seems surprising me right there. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing, 100%, and that's why I think it's going to be important... Um, to get through this week and then, uh, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things, uh, my future and then, uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is, is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then, uh, and then move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into the cave. <laughs> Are you not going to talk? This? You're not going to speak one of those things? Yeah. Is it just you in there? Ooh. And if you're just in there alone, do you know how many days you're in there? Are you taking an iPad, a book? Are we able to reach you? <laughs> it's uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness. What? You going to Alaska? 
Not Alaska. No, I've been to Alaska. That's a beautiful state. That's a lot Are you locked in? Where is it? You're not locked in. No, you can you can leave if you if you you know you can't do it. You can just walk out the door. But it's uh, it's a darkness retreat. Wow. And I've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences. And it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now. And I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning after this season. So it's been on the calendar for uh, months and months and months. And it's coming up. Uh, in a couple weeks. So you walk into a room for four days, or is it a cave? It's a, it's, a, it's a room. It's a little house, yeah. And they just kind of black out the window. Brrr, everything's dropped down, and then there's somebody like in there administering like sounds and what we're going through. Options. Of there's, a, there's a two way uh, mirror. No, like a starting like to sound a like a lot that they'll they'll drop in uh, some food for you, but it's. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's uh, isolation, and darkness. No, you know, no music, no nothing. Are they recording you and your actions? <laughs> How many people are in there? Uh, just myself. Isolation. Oh. Holy shit! Yeah, that's, it'd be weird if you had some random stranger in a corner you couldn't see. <laughs> I thought it was a group. I thought it was like a group. We're trying to, that's, that's trying to battle, saying. trying to battle for the toilet in the darkness with somebody. So you're, so they're the one. So is there a bathroom? or You wearing a diaper? <laughs> I think you can you can, wear, you can wear adult uh, yeah. diapers if you want, but there's actually a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is. I have one question: Who are his friends that have done this? Yeah, I, that same here. Because who every are those time, people? Every time you see a picture with him and he's out with his friends, it's Cobb, it's Bakhtiari, it's people in sports. And like, granted, who knows what I kind know, of? I mean, who who knows what kind of friends he added? Rogan. Uh, Rogan's done this, right? I I don't think it's uh, like Rogan could have done this and stuff like that. But I think when he says friends and people, I think we're talking about the blue type people or Shailene Woodley type people. She seems like she Miles Teller. Miles Teller's not done this. Miles Teller was getting punched in the face at a bar, right? But in Hawaii, that's what he did with Miles Teller. His first dive into all the. Uh, astrology stuff. Yeah, was with. Oh my! Did you watch and then he the met webinar? Blue through her. Did, did, did you watch his uh, Zoom webinar on astrology the other day? No. Talking about how uh, a lot of Devonte Adams' characteristics mean he's hardworking because of his, when he was born. Oh no! And how the stars aligned. You know oh, where yeah. I think this stems? That I think- was Monday. Okay. Oh yeah, it's been a great week. Shailene Woodley was like on all. Alternative stuff, and then yeah. again, yeah, he met Shrews. Blue through her, and he met Shailene through Danica, Danica. Which I think it actually starts with Danica. Danica Patrick. does not do this. Nope. Danica she's, gets into driving simulators. No, no, no. She's a big crystal chick. No, oh, she's into the crystals. Yeah, that's, what do crystals have to do with sitting in a room the, for four? They're the first step. That's the gateway. Ben, that's the gateway, <laughs> that's the gateway healer. <laughs> that's the gateway crystal. <laughs> It's oh, a gateway God. healing. Who are his? I, if I'm Pat McAfee and something I've uh, from 10 to 2. Crystals were the gateway. I, I learn a lot of things from Bill. <laughs> 10 to 2, you know, as, as he goes through whatever the topic is. One thing I've learned is what, a, what, a, what the follow-up question should have been. If I'm Pat McAfee, he says, oh, I've had a lot of my friends do this. Wait, what? Which yeah. friends? What Who? friends? Who I've are you never talking done about? <laughs> AJ's Mason Crosby? Oh, maybe Did that's Mason how he Crosby got... do this after last season yeah, and it maybe. became good again? He could have. Cleared Bre- his mind. Brett Favre did not do this. Well, both of them are Brett aging. Favre did not do Mercedes that. Lewis, is that why he's still on the team? It could be. He's his, he's his darkroom buddy. Uh, 
No, no. He's his his accountability buddy. He made it very clear you do not have a buddy in the room. And there seems to be a toilet. (laughs) You just have to find it. From what I can tell, which, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's so interesting. I mean, they probably give you, like, you walk in the room, the lights are on, and then they're like, get a good look now. Find out where everything is. (laughs) And then they close the door on you, shut the lights off from the outside, and they're like, Good luck. <laughs> it has to be a toilet. There's no urinals. There's th- that's too much of a risk. I think this it's could- probably like a hole in the ground, so you could you like do the the natural squatty potty type. No, I, I, again, I've been watching Game of Thrones and many times it's just they go, they relieve themselves in the corner and then it's there. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe they have good ventilation and, and good I hope or so. I, you can't really have good, good smells because that ruins some it, of the sensory deprivation part. Of yeah. It. And you can't ha- you, you're not flushing that because that'll do the same thing. It's probably just like a chamber pot. Well, plus, if he goes out to Oregon or some if he goes to a remote place, do they have plumbing? You know, like it's not as if every like where where I would consider a darkness retreat to be. I also would equate that with maybe not plumbing. Yeah. But I don't know. It's they give you a little bowl with water in it and a washcloth. There's your showers on a daily basis. If you you don't shower. I mean, you don't shower. I would hope you at least give yourself a little Irish shower. You don't shower. No, there's no chance you shower. I do picture this, though, is like I. He's talking about no sounds. Yeah. I imagine there being a little speaker in the corner that just plays the Joe Rogan podcast at all times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, I mean, there's got to be yeah. no sound, no light. Uh, I guess, yeah, being with your own thoughts for four days, depending on who you are, can that be could really drive good a man crazy. really bad. That could drive a man crazy. So I... The thing is, when he does announce his decision, like if he just retires, a lot of people will like he did a four day retreat and then decided to retire. People might blame this experience yeah, for what he decides. If he decides to return, then all is well. All he's going to well, say is. Well, I guess is, if he retires, it, it's not the worst thing for the Packers because then they don't have to pay him. He's, he's going to be like his thoughts are going to get to the point where it's like. Do you want to be the last person to give your Hall of Fame speech or the first? Oh, yeah. He also said yesterday that the narrative about not retiring at the same time as them is uh, doesn't really play in. And I believe that. I've, I, I don't. I, I've never been all, like, I, I don't think that's going to be the difference between retiring and not retiring, whether he's on stage with someone else. 